listener production. Unlike a triple shot half sweet almond milk cold press caramel macchiato to go, these boys are not complicated, but they are to go. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. So did you see that there was this snake theft in Southport a couple of days ago? No, I did not. I do not keep abreast of snake news, usually, Matt O'Kine. Well, someone's snaking the snakes, mate. Uh, this is according to mypolice.queensland.gov.au. I mean, it was on the news, and I'm using the official Queensland Police News site. I always find the police press conferences very funny. The snake moved in a westerly direction towards <laughs> and used its two uh, pronged venom-inducing things. It's just always so official. Got to be official. Uh, well, they've, in this in this article, they've said sometime between 6 a.m. on September 9th and 5:45 p.m. on September 10. Gee, that's a whole day. That's a big window. What are they <laughs> installing the internet? <laughs> <laughs> At least the police or the, or the postman. <laughs> Who are you talking to here? Um, they said a cop, the street property was broken into after a rear sliding door was forced open and five python snakes were stolen. Do you reckon this was a crime of opportunity or do you reckon they were, they knew that the snakes were in there? I think if you were going for a TV and you got in there, it wasn't one and there were just snakes, you'd probably just leave rather than going, <laughs> oh, well, don't want to leave empty-handed. <laughs> they could be worth something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we better robber the cobra. <laughs> well, um, well, look, if you do see five snakes, uh, <laughs> then call triple zero. Uh, report it. No, don't call triple zero. It's not an emergency. Unless they're yeah. in your bed. Then get them out. Yeah. But uh, no, call call the police. And uh, police are saying the suspects fled on belly um, <laughs> instead of on foot. Now, uh, big show today. Guys, a big show. Oh, it's so big. You, you got me. You got me started, Matt. You like were pulling the old motor mower. You got me going. I'm not. And I'm you just not, feel I'm like not... you just felt like relaxing on a Friday. <laughs> well, look, here's the thing. I, I did feel like relaxing on a Friday, but then I did see something that you posted on your Instagram. It I was very, um, I'd say, inspired by it, and I wanted to talk about. It. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, a bit of uh, a little bit of gossip from what's happening overseas uh, in the first part of this episode, but then we do get a little bit serious. Uh, and then there's a bit of mailbag as well, which is some very funny stuff from, yeah, some mummers and their mobiles. <laughs> uh, but let's dive into today's app. Hey, this is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. I think we just found the title of today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're having a good one. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. You got to do him backflips, Alex Dyson? Used to be. Used to be. Most improved. Gymnast, Warnable Gymnastics Club, 1996. You're talking to. Are you serious? Yeah, still got the medal at home. And um, used to practice like in the living room. Dad would get out like the little single mattress, right? And we'd stand there and he'd like hold his hand over our back so we could practice doing backflips. So you can actually do a backflip? Not anymore. No, but you could. Yeah, kind of. I've done a few, a couple of times by myself, yeah. Oh, well, actually, no. I was going to say, you should definitely give one a go. <laughs> I thought about the last right. time you tried to show someone how to do Dude. flips. <laughs> I'm, I'm, did I tell you I'm getting the second elbow reconstruction? Oh, no. 5th of October. What are they going to do? Are they going to peak? Because my cousin, shout out to her, nah, Australian athlete, mm-hmm. just got a little bit of the old tendon taken out oh. of her, you know, the, the back of her sort of oh, Achilles ha- area. Yeah. Um, apparently, there was an extra on, a bit of extra tendon. Um, but... 
who, oh, someone was saying they right. got one some, taken out of somewhere else and put it in somewhere else. I can't remember exactly what it was. Well, you know what the surgeon said might do to me? What? Get the old cadaver ligament. What's the cadaver ligament? Get donated from someone who does not need it anymore due oh, to really? no and you might longer get, being with us. You might get a donor ligament. Yeah, that's an option. And in your elbow. Yeah, because I did it the first time, right? Because I'm a little bit stretchy. I showed you my skin and a few different things. Oh, I tell things. you what. Hey, while they said, they're doing well, it. maybe it came out again because they did take it out of my wrist and put it in my elbow and then it came out again. So I was like, well, maybe a cadaver might even be a little bit tighter than your own. I tell you what, while they're doing operations on your, uh, that part of your arm, could you ask them for a new funny bone, please? <laughs> Mine's broken. <laughs> it has conked out a long time ago. <laughs> um, so, um, I was asking about backflips cause it's one of those things I never try. I haven't tried to do, you know, you know, living in a house of the pool now. I tried to do a backflip recently. In the pool or yeah, into the pool? Into the pool. Oh man. It's not, it's not big enough. For, like you're pretty tall. That, I, I don't know. I've seen your pool now and that's It's not a, a bad dangerous. size pool, but I was like, Hey Sophia, check this out. And then I did it. And then I just went, Oh, it hurt my arms so much. Just the rush of blood to my arms. Oh. I was like, oh, ow. And I had to sort of limp out of the pool. It was pretty embarrassing. You, you really want your four-year-old to be impressed by you, but it's yeah. not impressive yeah. when you limp away holding your arms. But um, no, I was just thinking about a couple of people doing backflips at the moment. Sam Kerr was good at them. Oh, yeah. In the, in the dub, in cover of the new FIFA game doing a backflip, as she does after a goal celebration occasionally. Yes, yes, absolutely love seeing a Kerr backflip. But um, no, Drew Barrymore and Bill Maher, TV show talk, oh, yeah. talk show hosts in the United States, <laughs> seeing this. I mean, there's been a few people putting out the vids of late, the mm-hmm. public apology vids. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, obviously. Yeah, that gave me the biggest Johnny Depp and Amber Heard apology video to Barnaby Joyce vibes. Yeah. That, that sort of set up. Um, and then also, you know, Drew Barrymore getting in trouble for, she had to do the apology video because Drew Barrymore decided that her show was going to go back on in Hollywood. But then of course the strike happening. Strike continues. And Uh, and that would be qualified as crossing the picket line. Well, she was going to say that it wasn't okay. Because here's the thing. Actors and writers are still standing out. It's it's about 130 days deep. Okay. They're still holding strong. Negotiations have stalled completely. Mm -hmm. It's in the hands of the, of the, you know, the big production companies. But what's really starting to happen is the crews are getting hella pissed off. Your DOPs, your, your grip guy, your caterer. But no, please don't tell me the, the best boy is (laughs) upset. Okay, for anyone who doesn't know film talk, the best boy is the gaffer who does the lighting's assistant. I don't know why they're called the best boy. Whenever a movie finishes, I always look to see who is the best boy. (laughs) But I tell you what, do you know what? More jobs need to name their assistants like the best someones. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're the best boy, mate. (laughs) You're my best boy. You need that encouragement when you're doing yeah. a job. And like if the movie is Air Bud, you've got a best boy and you've got the goodest boy, you know, <laughs> which is, of course, the golden retriever so, who's good at basketball. So the crews are getting really angry. And then so the crews are getting in the ears of the people like Drew Barrymore who are running mm. their shows. 
Now the writers are saying, don't do it. You can't do it without us. Drew's going, but I've got, I've got people here who are going, hey, we need to feed our families. Please just put on a show. It doesn't have to be written. Just put it on. Yeah, just put it on so that we can do the yeah. stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. But then everyone's saying, if you do that, you're in so much trouble. Mm. So Rosie O'Donnell was having a crack at her. Everyone immediately, backlash happened. Mil- Bill Maher had the same thing. And so now suddenly they're like Alex Dyson in their <laughs> living rooms with Ian wrapping their arm around their back, doing the backflips. It is, uh, it's going to be interesting. What's your thought on it? Would you, if, would you, you know, look after the writers or look after your best boys? I mean, I'm a writer and an actor, bro. So I got two, <laughs> I, I'm the wrong person. I, I, no one has ever called me the best boy. Okay? No. <laughs> I think the okay guy is like probably what I would pass as. Mm-hmm. So the best boy is just not me. So, um, no, I, I would do, I would act in my best interest, um, selfishly, but yeah, it's a tough situation for everyone to be in, but no, they, they've all backed down and the, the strike continues. All right. Well, thanks for the update, Matt. The old no campaign, a bit closer to home for, for the upcoming election on October 14, had a bit of, um, I wouldn't even call it a backflip. It's just sort of a bit of inconsistency because one of their leading, you know, voices in their, you know, desire to n- vote no on the voice, Warren Mundine said that a no vote would make it more likely to have a treaty uh, as well as changing the date of Australia Day, something which, you know, many no campaigners are actively against. Trying to do, yeah, that, that, I saw that. That was a bit interesting. Did, he that, did that on TV, didn't he? Yeah, it was on Insiders and said, you know, obviously an Indigenous man himself and, you know, in his own eyes doing what's best for the community. He said voting no will mean you'll get the voice out of the way and we can have treaty and changing the date. But I think that was a bit of a record scratch for Peter Dutton <laughs> and other no <laughs> voters. <laughs> Who are of the opinion that this particular one voting yes will oh, lead us no. more towards treaty and bloody change the date of Australia Day and the wokeness of that sort of thing. So um, it's been oh, interesting no. watching well, somewhat of confusion and then running around trying to put out a few of the spot fires when it comes to the inconsistencies coming through, through from that particular side of the fence. Well, you're seeing a lot of people who vocalize their stances on social media getting, um, you know, attacked from both sides of the camp. And, and you put yourself out there and um, on Instagram and actually asked quite openly, you know, if, if you are voting no, why? What was, what was the, did you get any sort of insight into the mentality or were you able to, you know, change any minds? I got so much insight. So right. much insight. And it's awesome. And I can only thank people for getting involved in the way that they did in the respectful manner that they did. And, you know, comment sections. And I've seen another one, particularly our girl Shana Blaze, who, you know, put up a post and over a thousand comments, not lots of them very nice. But um, <laughs> few, I, few I, comments I'm happy that to were talk about this. <laughs> few comments. I walked in there and I thought, geez, this could do with a bit of work. <laughs> Pop at the old, uh, pop at the, the price tags off the cushion. The old on this one, defect this blue is... stickers on, across a lot of the comments through there. Just going, oh boy, we can uh, we can polish this one up a little bit. <laughs> we can knock down this one. Zero, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. So go on, and I have to say, by the way, because I did, I did see it, and I and I and I read a lot of it, and I have to commend you for approaching it with a very um, neutral stance, despite you know your um, your stance. But really approaching with open mind. And yeah, you gave you gave everyone a lot of time, which I was very impressed with. 
Well, let's let's go to a break because we've had a bit of a chat now. Let's go to a break because I'm, I'm really, really happy to talk about it because um, it is it is a very important thing that is coming up. It's sort of it's a once in a lifetime. And there are a lot of things going on in Australia at the moment. You've got the cost of living, the housing crisis and these sort of things, which are, you know, simmering away, couldn't quite at the forefront of people's minds. Um, but now that we are going to a vote and it is happening and we're going to have to do it, it's something we have to think about. And so... Yeah, shall we have a we gonna have do a little it yarn? On a Friday, hey? Let's do it. Why do we do this serious stuff on Friday? It's supposed, <laughs> to, it's supposed to be the Margarita's Day. <laughs> I'll have a margarita. All right, Matt, you want insights? I got insights when it comes mm. to having a chat about the upcoming referendum um, on... Uh, voice to Parliament, recognising First Nations Australians in the Constitution via a voice, which will be an advisory body uh, for future governments to be able to both run legislation passed, they were thinking of doing things, and they can say, oi, voice, what do you think of this? But also the voice, according to voice.gov.au, I can proactively go, hey, here are some issues, and we think this could be good, a good way to tackle them. And um, tell you what, for Two sides who don't want this apparently to be divisive. It's getting pretty divisive. It's pretty <laughs> rough, isn't it? Hey, I haven't weighed into it yet because I just, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm scared, you know? And I, and I feel like I've had a lot of, um, I've had a lot of, uh, negativity directed at me over the last couple of weeks for the mother and son thing. Right. <laughs> and seeing the amount of just negative comments and some are about, mm. you know, the quality of the show and some are just generally, uh, you know, discriminatory. And it's mm. really like, and I, and I have to keep, be completely honest, it's gotten me down like, you know, at times. Yeah. And so there's just been moments in this thing where I'm like, I can't, I can't publicly enter this debate right now, even if it's just on Instagram because it's just not, not yet, you know, I just, I just need a little bit of, uh, time to refocus on myself and then, uh, and then do it as we approach time. Absolutely. And it was one of the things like coming down, it was, you know, we're less than a month out from uh, October 14, the day where we're going to rock up, there's going to be a piece of paper that says, here is the proposed change to the constitution. And we're going to say yes or no. Do we agree with this proposed change? Okay. It's as simple as that, basically. The problem is the debate is so wide ranging now and bringing in so many different aspects, whether, you know, it's detail, division, risk, positivity, who wants what, what it leads to. But as it is something I'm personally quite passionate about and through the conversations I've had with First Nations Australians and uh, looking at the process through which this proposal came through, I think it is a positive thing. And I think the reason that I, I, I'm not minding chatting to people who, you know, I'm voting yes, who are voting no, is I can see so much similar ground between the two sides. Mm. And that's something I look for is like looking for the similar ground between the two sides. And that helps me try to connect with people because I think we want the same things, right? Mm. I'll list what those are. <clears throat> First is we don't want Australia to be divided, all right? If you talk to a no voter, you talk to a yes voter, you don't want it to be divided, okay? 
Um, my thinking is though, and you look at the statistics that Australia currently is divided, right? You got one group of people in Australia for which the life expectancy is 82 ish. You got another group where it's down at 74. If you're born indigenous, you're eight years less, which is a bit of the same life expectancy of a place like Syria. Okay. So for me, it's like, we are divided. Okay. So we need to do something to undivide us. Right. And doing nothing, isn't it? Whether the voice is the correct thing to do, I can understand people say yes or no, whether it is or not, that's all right. But for me, we are divided. So doing something is better than doing nothing. The second one is wasting taxpayers' money, right? The government's great at that. And the people are like, oh, we can't spend all this much on anything. And I'm like, I have not seen a single Indigenous Australian say, we want more money. What this vote is about is we want the money that you're currently spending to be used more appropriately, okay? Because currently it's not going to have an impact in closing the gap. So we want these programs to be more effective, thereby not wasting money and hopefully saving money. You know, if incarceration rates come down, if education goes up, how much are we saving plus injecting into our economy? So I think knowing yes, voters want to save money. That makes me think maybe yes is a... Good option. Other ones is don't trust the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No and yes. Both, I think, don't trust the government. For me, who out there has more reason to not trust the government than Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, right? They literally stole their babies. So when it comes to not trusting the government, we are all on First Nations Australian side. And that is actually, you know, speaking to people at the who are at the and running the Uluru Dialogues, that is one of the reasons that we are doing a referendum and we're not just chucking in general legislation that governments do all the time and they have with ATSIC where it comes and it goes and advisory committees comes and goes. They're like, we can't trust the government here. We agree with you. We don't trust the government. That's why they're not asking the government. They're asking us, Australian people, because we're the only ones that can give them this voice on October 14 and we're the only ones that can take it away. So for me, that's something that yes and no voters would agree on. And looking on balance, me personally, I understand that thinking, you know, as to why this voice would be good. I also agree with no voters that there is not a lot of detail in the wording of this legislation. Okay. It'll mm -hmm. be a voice to make representations to the parliament on issues that affect Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. The parliament will then be able to make decisions and policies as a result of that advice. It does not have veto power. They will not be doing any money and, you know, putting that out. It is purely advice. And multiple high court judges, as I saw Noel Pearson say the other day, have checked it off, looked at the wording and go, this doesn't leave us exposed to any of the things that um, some people have decided to say may happen as a result of this. But there's not a lot of detail in it. From my point of view, thank goodness there's not a lot of detail because when you're putting something in a constitution and it's going to last beyond all of our lifetimes, probably, you don't want to be locked in to what we thought at the time. If we said, oh, we want this voice to cost this amount of money and have, say, 24 members on the voice. Imagine if we got down the track and it's like, damn it, 24 is not working. <laughs> Why did we say the voice is going to cost 13,000 Dogelon Mars? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why did we put that detail? Why did we say where it was coming from? Why did we say it had to be these, you know, members from these parts of Australia and that? Because if we've got a voice and it's really not working 
that well, a government could come in and go, look, this isn't working well. Can we make it more members because we need more representation? Or can we make it less members? There's too much chat and nothing's getting done. You know, it means that it's the government can give and take and it can expand, it can contract without having to go back to the polls and do another one of these bloody referendums, you know? Mm. So that's why I think people who are scared at the lack of detail potentially could see it as a, as a benefit. Well, I mean, a lot of people are sort of suggesting, I'm like reading these, you know, some of the comments on your thing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Indigenous Australians already have a very strong voice in parliament and in the community as a whole. I believe it's political bandwagon money grab that's going to divide Australia. I mean, you said you, you talked about the money thing, but what about the, the strong voice in parliament and community as a whole already? Well, for me, you know, my local member is currently not an Indigenous person. 11 people, well, let's not count the Senate, but there are 11 First Nations um, representatives in our parliament. Okay. And that's, that's a good amount of voices. That's great. But if one of them was my local member and they were constantly getting called out, like, what do you think about this Indigenous issue? What do you think about this Indigenous issue? <laughs> what do you think about this Indigenous issue? I'd be like, what about the people you're representing here? Because you're a representative of us. Why give them a double job to then speak on behalf of all Indigenous people around Australia? Why not have a separate, you know, organisation, advisory body, where that's their job, and then my local member can worry about the bloody potholes in the roads, you know, rather than going and talking about the nationwide Indigenous issues, which, sure, their voice will be valuable in, but uh, I don't think it should be something that it's in the owners because that'll, you know, flux as well. We could go back to zero where we were for most of our history or we could get, we could get a lot. Who knows? All right. Well, we still want to keep this can debate going as we uh, talk about it for the next. Have I talked for too long? <laughs> no, no. I mean, we could talk about this forever. That's Matt the problem. Matt just, why are you taking out that violin, Matt, to start no. playing me off the. <laughs> well, we, we've got, it's a Friday. No, I'm joking, the, I'm joking, you know? I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, please get in touch, Alex would love to chat to you, particularly, you know, people, if you're thinking of voting no, because I can understand the reasons behind it, but love to get into it with you and um, yeah, see if we can come to a cool little ag agreement on some things. Because I think one of the powerful things, Matt O'Kine, is to change your mind. And I'd love a no voter to try and change my mind as well. It doesn't mean that we hate each other. <laughs> it just means we're having a discussion. Oh, here we go. Okay. So you're, you're change my mind. All right. Yeah. Ha I'm happy, happy to go out there. Okay. Out on a limb because I like being challenged to my ideas because as long as you can stand behind your ideas, it helps you. If, if you want to change your mind, it's not a, I think, don't think it's a sign of weakness. I think it is a sign of strength to be able to do that. Okay. Well, you take up Alex Dyson on, on the challenge. Uh, hit us up at matt.n.alex. We'd love to hear from you. Well, it is time for Mailbag, which is a segment we love to do where we dip into the inbox of at matt.n.alex on Instagram and catch some of the messages that uh, we weren't able to read out throughout the week. That's right. Sarah got in touch regarding taxi tariffs. I literally just jumped into a taxi at Brisbane airport and all I can think about is the different places along the route 
that Matt has been asked to leave the taxi because of a tariff dispute. Oh, look, there's only, it's literally only one or two. They should um, put some sort of memorials to when you've been kicked out. Can we do that? Like, do we have <laughs> the budget? The sulking Matt, just me on the side of the road like, with my luggage. Because whenever I drive the Hume Highway between Melbourne and Sydney, got to stop at the dog on the tucker box <laughs> where um, Bullocky Bill was having the worst day ever and his wheels were falling off his carriage and then the final insults to injury, he went back to get some lunch and the dog was on his tucker box. <laughs> Uh, we need a few best statues like that, I think, to memorialise Matt. But um, Sarah Just says... Just a statue of me with the, with the hand out trying to hail a taxi, the taxi that never comes. <laughs> Sarah says, rest assured, I've checked the tariff and surcharges carefully, which is something I would never normally do. So far, so good. Well, good to hear you're getting something out of this little podcast, Sarah. Thanks very much for messaging in. Yeah, Holly got in touch with us as well with regards to new reality TV show ideas. Uh, Holly's idea is called Too Hot to Handle. Hot singles holding hot hams. <laughs> Last one holding wins the ham. <laughs> I uh, am going to be pitching that one, Holly. Uh, rest assured. Ellen says on the topic of the date who asked <laughs> the, someone, the person who went on a date and asked someone to build a flat pack with them. When I got to his house, he said we would watch a movie, but only after I helped him set up a set of flat pack drawers. I was going on a date and he told me to meet him at his place before we went to the restaurant. When I got there, he asked me to help him build a flat pack bed. I can't believe someone else has had a similar experience to me. Wait, so either either it is a similar experience or it's the same person. <gasps> well, we talked this week about me copping the, oi, mate, you dropped your dick on the road. And if, <laughs> if other people had been hit by the, you know, the, the dick dropper spotter, um, maybe Ellen is the flat pack philanderer is out there on, on the apps. Just building up a whole wardrobe. Yeah, maybe. And also, Jake got in touch with us with regards to parents embarrassing you online. I've got a classic for you about when your family's embarrassed you online. One of my really good friends in high school was called Steve Martin, like the actor. And uh, we caught up and he was like, oh, your mum's been messaging me a lot. And I was really confused. And then a few months later, I found out that my mum had found love again. And his name was Steve Martin. So my mum had been messaging my friend from high school all these funny memes and just, I don't know, just, you know, what mums and dads do. They send really strange stuff online um, without context. But she was actually trying to message her boyfriend in the UK. Anyway, when I found out, I pretty much shriveled into my turtle shell and just crawled under a rock in cringe. Oh, no, she got the contacts, the Steve Martin contacts mixed up. Was sending a few flirty memes to the old <laughs> son's high school friend. Oh, I've, I feel your shrivel, Jake. Um, there we go. Let's wrap up the week, shall we? Let's shrivel inside our weekend turtle shell that we stay in during this podcast, Matt. May your um, weekend be memeful. We will be back on Monday. We hope you are having a good one. All the best. Yep. And we'll see you then. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.